And welcome to episode 96 of the Get More Sports Podcast. 96, as in 1996, the year that Kobe Bryant was drafted. The number 13th pick at a Lower Marion High School on today's episode. This is the first show since the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna Maria Bryant, and seven other passengers in a tragic helicopter accident on January 26, 2020. And the whole episode really is just going to be about Kobe Bryant, some thoughts I have on the legend of Kobe Bryant, what he means to me, what he means to the whole entire world, really everything that's happened after. But I'm actually here in Florida. I'm out here visiting my my dad who lives in Orlando, visited him for a couple of days, my girlfriend's parents, they live in Miami. So I've been out here. I had brought all my stuff to do the show. I was going to do three shows but I'm just, you know, I just couldn't do it, really. I just could not do it. Monday, Wednesday, you know, I did some, you know, fun stuff. I went to Universal Studios. I went to, you know, a boxing match last night, which was really cool. Maybe I'll tell you some stories from that, you know. But, you know, it was really fun to get out. But anytime I'm alone, anytime, you know, going to bed, I haven't slept very – I've slept maybe three hours a night, four hours a night tops. Just really, really devastated, really very just – devastated still really in shock and disbelief about the passing of Kobe Bryant but I'm going to get into some of that some personal stories I have of Kobe Bryant you know like I said I've had the the blessing the blessing really to meet Kobe Bryant twice in my life I'll tell you about those two times tell you just really what he's how he's impacted me as a person because there's nothing I can tell you guys that you don't know about Kobe Bryant how great he is you know how this show usually works if you listen to the get more sports podcast you know there's statistics you know there's takes there's this and that there's you know prep I you know I put in a lot of work in these little bits I do these little takes I do for you guys but there there's nothing that I'm going to tell you about Kobe Bryant that you don't already know the whole entire world knows how great Kobe Bryant was. The whole entire world knows that he was a champion to the core. They know what he's done to the not just the city of Los Angeles, the state of California, the United States, but the entire world, the entire globe right now. Seven billion people on this planet. Kobe Bryant is in their conscious right now. There is not a lot of people on this earth that could have that impact. It's a testament to what Kobe Bryant did in 20 years in the NBA, what he did after the NBA, and everything that's gone on since. So you're not going to hear any takes from me about Kobe Bryant as far as his legacy is concerned, as far as his career, his impact, where he stands in the top 5, 10, 1. You're not going to get that from me. But I'm just going to just kind of tell you what, you know, the only thing really I can is just kind of how he's impacted my life and the some of the stories I have of Kobe Bryant. But, you know, I guess I'll start by saying that... You know, just first and foremost, just pray for the family. Pray for Vanessa Bryant. She came out yesterday, made a statement on Instagram. She's changed her Instagram photo to that beautiful picture of Kobe Bryant and his beautiful daughter. May they both rest in peace in heaven right now. Um, Gianna and really... You really just got to pray for them. You really do, guys.
And so what I want to do is Kobe wore number 8. He wore number 24. Gigi wore number 2. We're going to have a 34-second moment of silence here on the Get More Sports Podcast. Now, the first thing I want to say about Kobe is after the tragedy, after this whole tragedy, after this unthinkable, incomprehensible tragedy that occurred on January 26, the outpouring of love globally and the tributes to pay respect to Kobe Bryant. I know somewhere him and Gianna, they're up in heaven, they're hooping, they're playing one-on-one right now, they're working on their games right now. I know they're smiling down and they're taking a look at what has been such an outpouring of love for Kobe Bryant. He impacted so many people's lives. So many people were impacted by Kobe Bryant. He brought friends together, families together. He brought the whole city together. He brought the whole basketball community, people all over the world in the Olympics, went to China, went to the Philippines, traveled all over the world. People knew Kobe Bryant and they knew that the thing about Kobe Bryant is to me of any athlete I've ever seen in any sport He is the ultimate athlete that really makes you feel a certain type of way when you watch him play. When you watch Kobe Bryant play, there was no, you couldn't casually just have the game on when Kobe was playing. You got in that game with Kobe Bryant. Just the tenacity, that that, that fierce competitiveness, it just was so palpable. The emotion that that he played with. Kobe Bryant was like, it was like the Roman times. This guy was out, he was at war, and you were in it with Kobe Bryant. Just the passion that he had after he hit the shot against the Phoenix Suns. He rips his jersey. You see that heart coming out of the out of a timeout on a dead ball, just you know, flashing that Laker jersey with all that passion. Just the passion of Kobe Bryant to me is what made him so unique. You just felt Kobe Bryant out there more than any athlete. Look, we've had great athletes before Kobe Bryant. We're gonna have great athletes after Kobe Bryant, but I don't think we're ever gonna see an athlete that's gonna make you feel that that type of way. You guys out there, I don't need to say another word. You know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that Kobe Bryant made you feel a certain type of way. Like, after the Lakers were playing, you know, you know that you're like, whew, what did we just watch, man? Kobe just, it's just hard. That Kobe scowl, it was just so hard, man. And that's what people loved about him, really. I mean, if you were behind Kobe Bryant, he was out there, and you were just right behind him, like, all right, let's go to war. We're going to war. This is our king. And we're about to slay today. And that was the Mamba mentality. Kobe Bryant just went out there, man, just bumps and bruises. I remember when he got his face gassed against the Warriors in that regular season game, blood dripping out there. You just Kobe Bryant just made you feel a way, and that's what we loved about about KB two four, about number eight Kobe, Froby Kobe. The whole thing we watched him grow from a seventeen year old that couldn't sign his own contract, a seventeen year old whose mom picked him up from the airport after road trips to a guy that wins five championships. I mean, who did so much for this city, so much. Everyone who's ever lived in L.A. knows how the city feels 
when the Lakers are making their championship runs. Everyone knows there's that like purple and gold glow over the city. Those clouds that we've seen the last couple days in Los Angeles, those purple and gold sunsets, it was like that. And man, it people go to the look. Not everyone can go to the game, right? I wish I go to every game. Maybe a couple playoff games and this and that. Final game here and there. Maybe if you're lucky. If you're lucky, not everyone go to the game, but everyone, everyone makes out to the parade. Everyone shows up for the parade, and that is when the city comes together. I remember going to the parade when it was in the Coliseum. I mean, if you want to see L.A. in its truest form, you go to the Laker Parade after they win a championship. You get every race you can imagine to people from all around the world, countries from all around the world, socio-demographics, whatever it is, man. That is the ultimate. If you want to see L.A., you go to that parade because it's all about one thing. It's let's go, Lakers. He brought this city together. He did it five times in his career as far as the parade goes. So many so many great playoff moments, so many career achievements, milestones. Let's go without saying. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm in Florida, and it was 1.54 p.m. in the afternoon, and I had just sent a video to my mom of LeBron James talking about passing Kobe last night, and LeBron was telling the story how Kobe gave him some shoes and he fit into them, even though it didn't fit, so he just forced it so he could wear them in a game, and how much LeBron looked up to Kobe. And I just love hearing the greats talk about each other. I have so much respect for LeBron James. LeBron James, one of the greatest players ever. One of the greatest players we've ever seen. The, how fortunate are the Lakers to have someone like LeBron James, especially right now. He's the only guy in the NBA that is built for what he's going to be faced with in the next couple of months and dealing with Kobe Bryant's passing. And I just called my mom because I was so thrilled to hear what LeBron James was saying about Kobe Bryant. And I called my mom at 154. Look, it, my mom and I, our relationship has really centered around Kobe Bryant really for decades. And it doesn't matter what it is. Kobe could send a tweet. Kobe could be on a show. Someone could say something about Kobe Bryant. If you look at my mom's text messages, <laughs> all lots of them are either links to things, YouTube links, just the smallest thing. You know, we talked about the Matt Barnes thing a couple of days ago. You know, we were always keeping Kobe in the conversation years after his retirement just because we love Kobe so much. And I had sent my mom that video of LeBron at 154, and I called my mom, and I was like, look, Mom, like, you got to see this story. You got to listen to the way LeBron talks about Kobe. I'm on the phone. We're talking about how great it is that – Kobe has embraced LeBron and how supportive he's been and saying he's a Laker and he's be as, as braced as such. And I'm on the phone with my mom and I get a text message from my friend David Sue and it's a link to TMZ. I click on the link. I'm just like this other 7 billion people on the planet saying there's no way this is real. And then I go back on that link and it's not working anymore. So I'm saying... Whew, you know, my heart just sank into my to my stomach, and then I see it's not real, and then I go on Twitter, see some hashtags, and we're on the phone talking about Kobe Bryant, my mother and I, about Kobe and LeBron, and while on the phone during that conversation, we found I found that I, that I start to accept the news, and like I was just in absolute shock. My mother was hysterical. I was beyond just like everyone out there just like i'm no different than everyone out there just absolutely beyond like everyone out there and 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 i start to you know i i ended up take going up to my dad's house you know we were out we were just about to leave to go on a bus up to orlando to take the bus and i have the uber driver 
he sees me in the back and I'm just sobbing. I'm just literally I just I could not control it. I could not control it in the least bit. I I tried to keep it in, you know, I was saying goodbye to my girlfriend's parents, you know, we're gonna see them in a couple of days. But I get right in that car and I just I just I just couldn't do it. And you know, the Uber driver says, Do you want me to pull over and this and that? And he didn't know at the time either. He didn't know at the time either. And I told him what happened. He didn't believe me. He said he he said, You're lying. He's a really nice guy. I forgot his name, but he was from Brooklyn. You know, you know, he was a real G. He was from Brooklyn. He was like, you know, he didn't believe me. So he, he called up his friend. He said, I'm gonna call my friend Daryl. He'll know. He calls his friend Daryl. He said, Did Kobe Bryant pass away? He says yes. And Daryl just hangs up and yeah, you know, the Uber guy and I, we just bonded, you know, it's like a, you know, 30-minute ride. But, you know, my point is, uh, really I don't have a point there. I'm just I'm just telling you, man, I was just in absolute disbelief. I really just couldn't believe this happened. But now I just kind of want to point out the fact that this, the impact that, that we've seen since he's passed away, you know, people telling their loved ones they love them, people maybe they have beefs with someone, people that want to attack their craft with the mob of mentality. This is not something, like one thing that's really helped me, and I think it's probably helped a lot of fans out there, a lot of people that were touched by Kobe Bryant, is that you have to accept this is not going away. This is not going away. I'm, I'm not saying we're going to be you know, crying every day and being sad every day, but I'm saying that the impact that Kobe's had is not going away. I I truly believe that. I truly believe that, you know, you're going to attack whatever it is with that mom mentality. I think that if you, you're going to appreciate every single moment with your loved ones. You know, the first thing I said, you know, I kept saying, I want to go home. I want to go home. Yeah, I want to be with my mom. You know, I want to go to Staples Center where everyone was at. A lot of my friends were there. My friend Chi-Chi had to be one of the first people at Staples Center. Um and I just wanted to go home, you know. That's just kind of how I felt, and I'm all, I'm all the way out here in Florida. But at the same token, you know, I was going to visit my dad, so you never know. You know, my dad, not a spring chicken, this and that, so I was happy the fact that I could be surrounded by family members, and it was my birthday on January 27th. And what's crazy to me is the first time I ever met Kobe Bryant, it was for my birthday back in 1998. So for my birthday in 1998, my present that year was my mom got me tickets to see the Los Angeles Lakers and the Orlando Magic. This was on January 19th, 1998. So it wasn't on my birthday, but I was there to celebrate my birthday. And we get to the game. It's at the Forum. And I'm, you know, we roll up, and we're on the second deck. We're on the second deck. If you remember the Forum, we had that second deck. And when you come up that uh, the aisle to get to the second deck, you can walk out to where the glass is. It's the closest you can get when you're on the second deck to the floor, right? So I go up there. I'm marveling at the court. I see Kobe. First guy you see is Shaq, really, because Shaq is just gigantic. So I'm looking at Shaq, and there was a, for a Forum employee right there. I think her name was Maria. I don't know if it's 100%. I'm like 99% sure her name was Maria, though. But she goes, how you doing, little man, this and that. She's talking to me, and, I'm, and I told her, it's my birthday. I'm here for my birthday. She goes, really? I was like, yep, it's my birthday, January 27th, and this is my birthday present. She goes, look, you see that tunnel over there? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, you go over that tunnel after the game. You wait for me. I'll bring you in the back, and you can meet the players. And I'm like, me at that time, I didn't not believe her for a second. I'm like, this lady looks legit. Meanwhile, my mom and my sister, my sister Kelly, my mother Mary, 
they were already, you know, they were up there at the seats already, and they're just watching me watch, watch back. So, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, I made her give me a pinky promise, and <laughs> I go up there and I tell my mom, I say, mom, that lady down there, she told me meet her at this tunnel right after the game. We'll go meet the players and this and that. It's for my birthday. My mom just rolls her eyes. She did not believe me for a second. Okay, I don't blame her, but she didn't believe me for a second. And I told my so I was wearing a for Christmas that year. I got the uh, uh, I got a, I got the Jordan Thirteens. You know, shout out to my mom for those the Heat games. And I also got the the Lakers warm up that they wore on the court. The short sleeve one. You had the two buttons. It was the Nike one. This was the first year that the Lakers went from uh, from champion to Nike. So it was the very first year they went to Nike and I got the warm up, man. I don't know where that warm up is now. It's got to be somewhere, but anyways, I'm wearing this warm up. They only made it in adult sizes, so this thing is like down to my knees, right? But I and I told I don't know, I told my mom I was like, "Mom, I need to get a hat," right? I wasn't wearing a hat at the time. I was like, "Mom, we got to get a hat to get autographed." And my mom's like, "Really? First I get you these tickets. Now all of a sudden you want a hat." And I'm like, Mom, you got to trust me. I trust Maria over there. She would not do me wrong. Let's get the hat. We're going to get it signed later. Of course, my mom, she, we get the hat. We go down there. You can't even probably go down to, like, the tunnel at Staples Center anymore. There's always people blocking you up. We go down there. We waited out for a while. We went out for a while. I really didn't think it was going to happen at some point. I was like, all right, man, we're like 45 minutes, hour in. No sign of Maria anywhere. But we start to see some NBA players that are coming out signing autographs. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Sean Rooks, I met an NBA player, okay? That was the first time I ever met an NBA player. Sean Rooks comes out, gives me a high five, da-da-da, this and that. Then Corey Blunt comes out. So I'm like, Corey Blunt comes out. You, remember, you might remember Corey Blunt from back in the day. All of a sudden, Eldon Campbell comes out. Like I said, these guys come out, and they're kind of in this tunnel where the form was, and they're signing autographs and this and that. So I'm good. Look, those aren't all-star players, but I'll take it. The three NBA players, I'm a happy camper. My day has been made. I'm good, right? And then all of a sudden, it really started to feel, you can ask my mom, you know, really feel like, okay, there's, she's not going to come out. All of a sudden, Maria comes out of nowhere, looks at me, tells me and my mom, go back there, turn the corner in the garage at the forum. Who do I see? I see two people. I see Kobe Bryant. I see Shaquille O'Neal. To the left was Shaquille O'Neal standing right next to a Bentley. He had like a Nate Dog Bowler hat on, and I didn't want to go to Shaq at first because Shaq scared the shit out of me because <laughs> Shaq was gigantic. He was a mammoth human being. So I go right to Kobe, right? Kobe Bryant, he was wearing a bucket hat, a black Adidas bucket hat. And I'll be honest with you, he didn't say one word to me. Kobe Bryant did not say one word to me as he signed my hat. But what he did, and the reason for that is, the reason for that is Kobe Bryant was beatboxing. Kobe Bryant was beatboxing while a girl was next to him rapping. And she was just rapping and flowing. Kobe was feeling it. Kobe was beatboxing. Da -da -da -da. And remember at the time, Kobe would go on to do that song with Tyra Banks, the K-O-B-E. You know, he had his little rap career. He was trying to get popped off for a minute there. And so he's he's out there and he's just beatboxing, he's rapping. It was really quick, man. You know, twenty, you know, twenty seconds. Went up, shook his hand, took a picture with him. Um, it's at my grandma's house somewhere in like a like a I don't even know where it's at, but whatever. My grandma has she's a hoarder, right? It's, you know, I'm gonna spend maybe ten weeks looking for that one day, okay? Um, and then, so that was that. I go, and I go to Shaq, man. Shaq signs my hat. Take a picture with Shaq. 
my mom just like can't believe it. She's like, what the hell? This kid is was not lying. <laughs> Maria was not bullshitting this kid. You know what I'm saying? And it was just incredible. Like, I just remember, like, I, I was, like, floating. I couldn't even believe it. Like, it, it was probably a minute total. It was, prob- it was probably, like, 10 seconds. I'm probably exaggerating, really. But I remember taking the picture, taking the picture. You know, like I said, I'm in, like, fourth grade at the time. You know, I take the picture, and that was that. Boom. We just, like, it was the best day ever. It was the best day ever. Running off into the parking lot, just like cheering. Like it was just unbelievable. Okay. Then you fast forward it to in 2007. So in 2007, you know, I'm just, you know, Kobe everything, head to toe. Just the Kobe Nike merch. Like that's all I wore. You go, you went out to. You know, I roll up in the, you know, it was funny. I always tell my friends, you know, I would always play pick a basketball. You know, I play pick a basketball at UCLA, wherever we would go. My friend A Ray, my friend Mike, uh, you know, we would all play pick a basketball, David Sue, Chi Chi. And when we'd roll up to courts, you know, if you roll up to courts in nice gear, right? You In nice gear, guys will pick you up. And <laughs> when I was at UCLA, I would roll up brand new Kobe's, Kobe shorts. Kobe shirt, Kobe warm-up jacket, Kobe backpack. Dude, people probably thought I was the weirdest Kobe stan ever, right? But it was it was funny because the method to the madness there was this dude, probably, no one that has that much gear probably, uh, no one has that much gear sucks at basketball. So I would get picked up sometimes based on my Kobe gear. And look, I'm a decent player. Like I can ball, okay? I can ball not like, like you know, I'm not a – like a, a G League level player, even a college level player. But look, you throw me to pickup game, I'll get some buckets, right? But I was not as good as my gear made me out to be. Let's just put it that way, okay? And a lot of that was because I was rocking that Kobe gear. But so in 2007, and this was after the Kobe ones dropped, you know, and the Kobe ones when so when Kobe, you know, if you remember Kobe's shoe history, you know, he was with Adidas, you know, he had the crazy ones. Um, you know, the KB8s, the KB, you know, the Kobe 2s, the Adidas, the Kobe's. And then after the, you know, the member the Kobe 2, or the Kobe that was based off the Audi TT, then he was a sneaker free agent. When he was a sneaker free agent, he wore and one, he wore Reeboks the Question, man, he even wore the Concord 11s, he wore the Jordan 8 Customs with the Laker colors, the Jordan 3s. I mean, when Kobe was a sneaker free agent, man, he was rocking everything. And then he signs with Nike, first couple years with Nike, He's wearing, you know, the uh, he wore like the flight 2K like threes for a year. Then he wore the Hirachi 2K fours. He was the main guy for the Hirachi 2K fours. So they had the Hirachi 2K four lasers for Kobe with the eight in the back. You had the black and purple colorway, the black and maize colorway. You had the white and purple colorway. You had the Carolina blue colorway when the Lakers wore the blue alternates. I mean, the Hirachi 2K four was unbelievable. Those were designed by Eric Avar. And then he wears the Hirachi 2K fives which are actually better than the 2K4s. Um, and then and then finally, it was time for the Kobe 1s. <laughs> you hear that? We got a landline. That's how you know we're at a house, at a house that someone owns. They have a landline with real numbers. I'm at my girlfriend's house in Florida right now. But then the, the Kobe 1s come out. The, those you know the drop you know they were they were pretty they were pretty big but not that big you know I remember I got a pa- the the pair of the red 
and black ones first at Sporty LA on Melrose, they were like $120 at the time. You know, compared to Jordans at the time, they were a really good deal. But, you know, it was there I, There was a great shoe I ended up getting. Like, man, I, am, I, am, I ended up stockpiling Kobe 1s from Ross. Dude, I used to go to Ross on Wilshire. They had Kobe 1s in every size. The Nike 1s, 34 bucks, man. You get the black shark tails. You get the MPLS colorway. You get the black and purple colorway. Couldn't really find the maize and black ones. I actually never had the maize and black ones, which I really regret because to me, though, that was the best colorway. But anyways, I, you know, I messed with the Kobe 1. Then um, when the Kobe 2 came out, I was so excited about it because I got the Kobe 1s, and I'm like, dude, I'm hitting some shots in these. You know what I'm saying? So the Kobe 2 comes out, and this is 2007, and they had an event on Kuwanga in, in Hollywood, and I rolled up two days before, two days before, camped out, camped out, and this was just to buy an opportunity, buy an opportunity to get a golden ticket. So there was 300 shoes, 300 shoes, um, available of the Kobe 2 is the launch colorway, the black and maize. And of those 300, there was 24 golden tickets, 24 golden tickets inside there. And among those golden tickets, you got to participate in a game that was refereed by Kobe Bryant. You got to meet him and greet him, get your shoes autographed, all the good stuff and this and that. Roll up. I just, for some reason, I went 10 and a half. No, I picked 11 and a half. I don't know why. I, I'm a 10 and a half. I said, I'm rolling with, I got a vibe from the 10 and a half, dude. I was like, I'm not messing with the 10 and a half. That's my size. I don't know why. I really don't know why I picked 11 and a half. I swear, I can't tell you why. But I said, let me roll to 11 and a half, you know, because they, I wanted 10, my size 10 and a half. They didn't have 11, so I just did 11 and a half. Get 11 and a half, open it up, just slide it open, boom, right on the top, that golden mother mm, ticket <laughs> right on top right there, right? And I'm like tripping balls. You know, I take the ticket out. I'm just holding with two hands, and they're like, Kobe. Like, I just remember it was like exhilarating, you know, like you hit a buzzer beat or something like that, you know. And then, I don't know, they made me sign some things, check my ID. They're like, all right, be back tomorrow. 9 o'clock in the morning, this and that. So there was 24 winners. I go home. I tell my mom the same thing. I'm like, Mom, da -da -da -da, we're going to see Kobe. It was just like it was just like 1998. She's like, uh-huh, okay, bro. You ain't meeting Kobe. Like That was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You need to chill. You need to chill. And uh, and we came back the next day. Boom. You know, we um, like TNT was there. I remember I was on Inside the NBA for like a split second. They asked, they asked me, like, you know, when you showed up the other day. It was like a little, like, like 10, 15-second sound bite from TNT, whatever. And, um, and oh, man, I got to get this video. It's somewhere on YouTube, like, way back. And I even, I even looked, really. But, um, but anyways, the game show, so there's a core show, and we have our own coaches. So the coach of the other team was Roni Turioff. My coach was Smush Parker. My, my coach was Smush Parker. We had 12 people on my team, 12 people on the other team. I get in the game, boom. Just baseline layup, make it, go back on the side. Kobe has his whistle, high five Kobe. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. You know, it was just like the dopest shit ever. You know, like literally the dopest shit ever. You Like the dopest thing ever. You make a basket, you go back, you high five Kobe, right? He's wearing a, he's wearing a Nike outfit, uh, like a white sweatsuit with like purple on it. He's wearing Gucci shades. You know, he's wearing these Gucci, sh like, aviator shades. You know, it was just the flyest. He's Kobe. You know how Kobe's the flyest dude there ever was. Then after, you know, they had a little setup. And, you know, you wait in line. 
and you know you have your little moment with Kobe. You know, like you know, thirty seconds he signs your shoes and stuff. So I go up to Kobe. If it's, it's my turn, and I was like, "Hey, Kobe," uh, you know, because remember the rapping. You know, like I was like, you know, when I saw him, you know, he was beatboxing. I was like, "Hey, Kobe, when are you gonna start rapping again? You haven't you haven't dropped a you know a rap album in a couple years." And he looks at me. He's like, "You know, I learned you can't do that." He says, "You know, you gotta just stick to your craft. You gotta stick to your craft." You got to pick that one thing and then you got to just beat your crap. So I don't do the rapping thing. I learned I learned that back in the day, you know. So Kobe just kind of laughing cuz I asked him, you know, about the rap career and this and that. And he's just it's kind of funny when you bring it up to him. And and that was that, you know, another another moment that probably lasted, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you know, maybe 10 seconds, who even knows, you know. But but I but I remember like like I remember, like how much of an impact that had on me, you know, because that, that's just his style. Like you just you pick that one thing and you obsess about it and you beat down that crap and you just keep pounding away, and yeah, you know, through the years, like you know, my mom and me, like my mom and I, like all we do, you know, really was watch the Lakers and Kobe. You know, my mom, uh, a jeweler, she did two watches for Kobe Bryant. Won't go into that too much. She doesn't really want me to say too much about that. But my mom did two watches for Kobe, and you know, she's. He says the nicest guy ever, literally an absolute gentleman, Vanessa Bryant, you know, beautiful person. My mom absolutely adored Kobe Bryant. For my mom's birthday in 2000, like 2004, 2000, no, like two, really, 2002, I remember I got her a life-size Kobe stand, a cardboard cutout that I, you know, wrapped up, and she opened it, and she, like, loved it, um, and yeah, my mom and I like literally the the basis of our relationship really was was watching not just like some Laker games like literally we were there for the whole ride. You know what I'm saying? Like just that's just what we did. You know that's what we did. We didn't go on vacations. We never. My mom and I never been on. My mom and sister and I we never literally had been on. We never went on one vacation in the history of our lives. All, all we did a vacation to uh, my mom and I was going to like to a, the Laker game or maybe a college football game, something like that. My mom was a big Ohio State fan, but really, what we did with our free, you know our free time, you know, my mom worked uh, in Beverly Hills and we lived in South Pasadena, so uh, you know her commute home was she would listen to you know half the game on the radio. And then half the game on the radio, and then as I see my mom pull up on the driveway, I go to the door. Mommy, get in here. You know, quarter left. You got one quarter left. Lakers did it. Watch the second half of the game on the TV screen. And then the weekends, my mom's off Saturday and Sunday. Most times she's off. So if there was a day game, she's usually off for that. But no, I mean I can't thank my mom enough. My mom, really, without my mom, I wouldn't be this much of a Kobe fan. I mean, some parents, they think it's important for their kids to see the Eiffel Tower or to see the Statue of Liberty or go traveling and this and that. My mom thought it was important for me to see Kobe Bryant, the Lakers, and came to sporting events, really. I mean, uh, my mom took me to see uh, Allen Iverson versus Kobe Bryant, the 2001 NBA Finals, the step-over game. I remember being at that game, and we were so pissed that the Lakers lost but then we also were big fans of Allen Iverson at the time and we, and we left there we were like all right man that was you got to give it to AI tonight you got the best one we knew too we knew that the Lakers were about to uh, pull off four angry wins in a row it was never a question remember the 2001 they just rolled through that playoffs and then they got you know hit in game one with Allen Iverson the peak of his powers we knew they were gonna dominate that series so we weren't at, we didn't feel bad about giving AI all the credit there uh, my mom took me to see Michael Jordan twice 
you know, get Kobe versus Jordan twice. I just remember that like, whoa, you know, that's MJ and that's Kobe. And yeah, Kobe in the entering his absolute prime at the time. And, you know, he idolized Mike and he said, hey, Mike, you're my idol. But here's a double nickel as your retirement gift. And oh, by the way, I'm wearing the Laker Jordan 8s that you gave me. So Kobe Bryant, that was just spectacular. I mean, ask any of my friends anytime they see my mom, maybe. It's after hello, how you doing? And boom, right into Laker talk, right into NBA talk. She's, 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 you know, fanatic. She's a fanatic. My mom's everything to me. You know, um, the Kobe, just like Kobe, you know that that was really, you know, that's the, that's what really what we bonded over. You know, uh, and yeah, you know, this is just, this is just like, you know, I can't, I like, I always, I always used to say like, man. You know, if I ever saw Kobe again, I'd be like, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you so much. Like, you know, everyone's told Kobe how great he is, but man, like, you just have given so much to so many people as far as just giving that pure joy and exhilaration. Like, you know, like the pure joy and exhilaration that Kobe Bryant gave when he was on the court, that anger and that tenacity that he brought on the court, just it, it was palpable. It penetrated you. It made you want to walk. Don't care what you did. You know, if you want to go and, you know, take a test in school. You know, it doesn't matter what you did. If you were Kobe Bryant inspired you, if you if you just felt it, just he just popped off the screen. He just, you know, if you saw it, it just really that that anger and that fierce competitive fire that Kobe Bryant played with. It just had such an impact on your life. And it just really he just meant the world to us. He really did. He really did mean the world to us. And of course, one thing that just really hurts is, like you know, I saw the Kobe Bryant Matt Barnes interview a couple of weeks ago. I just really loved that interview because Kobe was so raw. It's just so great to hear him talk about back in the day and just how he became the player he was. And just I love how listen to him talk about current players. You know, you saw what he did, Luka Doncic talking trash to Luka Doncic in Slovenian. I'll tell you something. There's not going to be another dude that's going to do that like Kobe Bryant. He spoke three languages: Italian, Spanish, and English, and he probably knew another couple words in about like 10 other languages okay Kobe Bryant you go to uh, Manila I'll tell you a story about when I went to the Philippines uh, last year I was in the Philippines this time last year and I go to the Philippines and basketball is everything in the Philippines it's literally everything there's no soccer there's no football you see a basketball court you know they don't have the fields they don't have the space really to build big football fields big soccer fields Basketball is everything. People walk the streets, they're wearing jerseys. You see Lakers logos, Lakers murals. You see basketball courts. I took pictures of all these basketball courts. Some of them are being held up by a stick of wood and some branches and dirt. Like there are basketball courts everywhere in the Philippines. And their guy is Kobe Bryant. So my girlfriend, she's Filipino. We go to her um to her cousin's house, her cousin Jeffton, right? And I'm wearing a Kobe jersey. That whole time, I brought my Kobe jersey, you know, I wore it on the beach, this and that, having a good old time. And we're sitting at this table, and they're all into basketball, right? And, you know, I'm like, oh, I mean, I've been here for like 10 days, had no one to talk hoops with. You know, I was so happy to have a chance to talk hoops with someone. So I was like, all right, who do you guys think? And this is last year. This is 2019, okay? And they're like, I was like, who do you guys think is the best player in the NBA right now? Okay, and we're talking about right now, okay, 2019. They all said, this is what they said. Her cousin said Jeffton. Her cousin Jeffton said, I think Kobe Bryant is still the best player in the NBA if he wanted to be. 
if Kobe Bryant wanted to still play, if he didn't retire, Kobe Bryant would still be the best player in the NBA. And even me, the Kobe stand, right? Kobe stand, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, come on, bro. Like, come on, bro. You got Giannis, LeBron, the Kobe Bryant with the Achilles, with the knee injury, the rotator cuff, all the, you know, the father of time caught up to Kobe Bryant. And there's no way that Kobe Bryant could still be the best player in the league, but they all believe that. And, like, there was nothing you could say to convince them otherwise. I didn't try to. I just like, – I, I was like, oh, wow, these guys really believe that Kobe's still the best player on the planet. So I went upstairs, and I got that Kobe Bryant jersey, and I said, bro, this is yours, my man. I gave him the Kobe shirt off my back because I know how much the dude loved Kobe, how much that country loved Kobe. And that just the other day I saw on, on Facebook – he actually calls me Kuya now, which means brother. You know what I'm saying? And I saw him post a picture of him wearing that Kobe jersey, and it just really made me feel happy because I know that that you know he's probably really proud to to have that jersey right now, wearing it around the Philippines where there, where there's so much love for Kobe Bryant. If you didn't see that mural that they made for Kobe, I mean, I can that that country absolutely adored Kobe Bryant. Like Kobe Bryant was everything. To the people of the Philippines. They love Kobe Bryant. There's a video of Kobe Bryant dancing Tanikling. I hope I'm saying that right. I think I got pretty close, but I did the same thing. I did Tanikling too. I actually fell when I tried it. Not Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant killed the Tanikling. Like this guy's footwork was ridiculous. He was wearing a, a Filipino uh, shirt they wear called a barong what they wear for uh, special occasions. Kobe was killing it. He went to the Philippines. They love Kobe, man. And yeah, I'm just uh, thinking of that guy right now because I know he's such a such a fan of Kobe Bryant. But really, just you know, wrapping up here, you know, I know for a fact that I'm I'm one of just billions of people right now. Billions, like you can say that with confidence. I'm one of billions of people right now that are just heartbroken. That are just heartbroken about the loss of of Kobe Bryant, his beautiful daughter, Gianna. You know, Gigi. Really, I mean. I, you know, I, look, I, I watched some women's basketball in my life. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, the WNBA. You know, you watch uh, like Maya Moore, Candace Parker, all the greats. You know, I, I mess with the WNBA for sure. But I was thinking to myself, like, you know, a couple months ago, I'm watching like YouTube videos of Gigi Bryant, a, a 13-year-old daughter. I'm like, dude, you, you've been doing this for for an hour. You know, like I, what she could, what she was going to do. One of my favorite stories was Candace Parker saying. Candace Parker was saying when she met Kobe Bryant and she uh, and Gigi and Natalia, they and she introduced them to Candace Parker. And the first thing Kobe Bryant said to Candace Parker was, "These are the girls that are going to break all your records." So I truly believe that Gigi, you know, she was probably going to go to UConn. She was going to do for the WNBA be the, be the biggest star, really a transcendent star. And that just you know it breaks breaks your heart just that much more. It's just such a, it's a really, uh, just the, the worst tragedy that you could imagine. The seven other people that were lost were all great people. And it's just devastating. It's just really, really devastating. And, you know, you got the, some of the tributes, the eight-second eight violations, the 24-second violations. You got players out there that are voluntarily changing their numbers. Spencer Dinwiddie did it. You got, you know, guys like Trey Young wearing number eight. You saw what they're going to do with the All-Star game. Honestly, I'll be honest with you, I read the whole thing. I still don't fully understand it, but I know it's going to be a big tribute to Kobe Bryant, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I really don't want to get into things that I think the NBA should do to commemorate him as far as the logo goes. I really don't want to get into all that because, you know, 
whatever they do is great. You know, the smallest thing, the biggest thing, as many things. But we know the, the, the biggest thing Kobe did was it's, you know, Kobe Bryant's legacy to us is changing your everyday life. You know, he's changed every people's everyday life already. You know, you know of course I love my parents, but... When I talk to him on the phone, I don't always say I love you. know. Even if I do, I'll be like, you know, I'll say like olive juice or something. Olive juice or, you know, I'll say it really fast. Now, you know, I really got to, you know, do better at that, you know, telling people, you know, that I care about, you know, being honest with them because you just never know. And just really just, he just, he truly united us. He truly united the planet, the entire planet. Kobe stopped Earth. The Earth has stopped, you know, 7 billion people. There's not a lot of people on this planet that can have that impact. And you just know that, like I said, you know, I've, I tweeted out the other day. I said, hey, Mamba Mentality is going to be the modern-day version of John Wooden's Pyramid of Success. I'm telling you because in this day and age, you know, that that is what resonates with people is that Mamba Mentality, that anger, that fierceness. And that, to me, is going to be his legacy, really, is, is, is that, you know, all the, you know, he's got so many relationships. I think, you know, one of the things that's really helped me and I think has helped millions and billions of Laker fans and NBA fans, Kobe fans, basketball fans, people fans, great human being fans, I think is, that, is all these stories that have come out about Kobe Bryant that otherwise probably wouldn't have. Uh, you know, just little stories here and there, people's relationships with Kobe Bryant because it seems like so many people have a great Kobe story. I think, you know, I heard Jimmy Fallon's really cracked me up when he was talking about how Jimmy Fallon uh, – they were, you know, he was 21, Kobe was only 17, they were at a party, and they go on a beer run, and Kobe Bryant gets the, the pink dot doesn't let you buy it there, because they only deliver it, and then Kobe Bryant, go, you know, the guy doesn't want to sell it to him, and he slams things, like, oh, I'm Kobe Bryant, of course he gets the beer, you know, so, you know, Kobe Bryant was just, you know, if you're from Los Angeles, if you're from the Southland, if you're from LA, you get it, no one needs to tell you that, you just know, like, Kobe Bryant, who said that, I forgot who said it, but... I think it was Ice Cube. Ice Cube said Kobe Bryant was the glue that kept L.A. together. There is no question about that. There is no question about that. Look, this is a town that is just absolutely enamored, is absolutely obsessed, is fixated, infatuated with the Los Angeles Lakers. And Kobe was your guy. Kobe was everyone's guy. There was no one. It was not a divisive topic. You know, it was not a divisive topic. And you know, look, look, there was, look, there was a lot of times. You know, there was, there was some polarization with Kobe Bryant. Not everyone liked Kobe Bryant. Let's just be honest here, right? But if you were from LA, you definitely did. And that's kind of the thing that brought us closer because Kobe was ours. You know, Kobe, Kobe was ours. You know, we saw him grow. We saw him as a 17-year-old. We saw him on Moesha. We saw him dabble into different endeavors early on. We saw him rapping. You know, we saw everything with Kobe Bryant. We saw the air balls against Utah, and we also saw him drop 60 on that same Utah team to end his end his career. So, you know, it was the whole ride with Kobe Bryant. It was a beautiful ride. Like, you couldn't, you know, there's no, he's from Hollywood. There's no Hollywood script. There's no Hollywood script. No no Hollywood executive. That'd be too, that'd be too wild, you know, to even be in a movie. That's how insane Kobe Bryant's life was. But all I just got to say is for everyone out there that's just hurting, you know, you know, be get close to your loved ones. Do things that you enjoy because, hey, I know that the best thing that we can all do for Kobe Bryant, I know Kobe Bryant, if, if you could tell us anything is, Hey, whatever you love, just attack it. Attack it with that Mamba mentality. You know, that's how I think that a lot of people are going to get through 
all this but don't don't think you know don't look at a finality to it don't think oh this is day seven i'm starting to get better this is something that we're gonna wear for the rest of our lives it really is and just be ready for you know just wear it and 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 just pray for the bryant family pray for his closest friends and family his his parents everyone um you know is that's what it's really all about and just honor his legacy by 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 hard work and you know legends never die we all know that Kobe Bryant is is going to is going his imprint on this game is never going to end it just never is i mean Kobe Bryant he, he's inspired this generation of players this generation of players is going to inspire the next generation of players because of Kobe Bryant so his impact will be felt until the end of time Kobe Bryant how he inspired people all around the world in all walks of life with the way he played the game of basketball that is going away never and look it's going to hurt for a long time it's every time there's a hall of fame speech i mean it just uh it's going to be rough but all i got to say is you know i want to thank you kobe bryant thank you kobe bryant for everything you've done for me my family my friends people all over the world you know just it was the best ride the best the best ride you know we're never going to see it again no one's going to there's never going to be another kobe ever there will never be another kobe bryant one of a kind there's you're not gonna see dudes that intelligent that intelligent that charismatic do what he did the thing about kobe bryant is we've had talented players we've seen talented players in the nba the nfl he understood the stage of los angeles he understood what it meant to put on that purple and gold. Kobe Bryant said himself that he was a, a Laker fan. He was a Magic Johnson fan growing up in Philly. Kobe Bryant knew what it meant in the city of stars. He was the star that the stars looked up to. He was the star's star. He was the guy who Jack Nicholson could do anything. Jack Nicholson could be on any, any, any could he could be anywhere in the world. What would Jack Nicholson do? The best living actor, three-time Academy Award winner, Jack Nicholson. Only person who's won more than Jack Nicholson is Katherine Hepburn. Jack Nicholson could be anywhere. What did he do with his time? He went to Kobe Bryant's game. He went to the Lakers game, okay? You remember when Jack Nicholson went and interviewed Kobe Bryant after the 1998 All-Star game, and he called him Mr. Bryant. He asked for the autograph. I mean, Kobe understood. He put on a show for you. If you went to see Kobe Bryant, he said, hey, I don't know how much you pay for these tickets, but it was worth it. If you're watching on TV, I don't know what else you're going to do, but hey, you're going to be glad that you watched me because ah, it was just such a ride. It was so it's just amazing, man. It was just amazing. I could go on for days, man. I could talk about Kobe Bryant for days, but I just had to, you know, it's not the traditional way we do this this show and all that stuff, but you know, I just really uh really appreciate uh, you know, the opportunity you know, honestly, be I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't there this podcast wouldn't exist with me hosting it at least if it weren't for Kobe Bryant. It really just wouldn't. Like I love the Dodgers, I love Major League Baseball, I love football. But hey, you know, Kobe Bryant, like, he's the dude that, you know, like, you know, just really just sucked me into the the sports world and just the NBA world. You know, I'll just I can say that with full confidence, really. This, there is no kid more. Maybe some other guy who's doing it. He's maybe he's he's better than me, or you're having fun listening to him. That's very possible. I'm not saying there wouldn't be a get more sports podcast because there was one before me. So I'm not saying you wouldn't be listening, but it, I don't think it would be 
a podcast hosted by me because I don't know if I'd be doing this without Kobe Bryant. So I want to end the show today by reading Dear Basketball, the poem that was featured in the animated short that won the Academy Award for Kobe Bryant. Dear Basketball, from the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game-winning shots in the Great Western Forum, I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep I gave you my all, from my mind and my body to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you, I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. I also ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle, I gave you my heart, because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and hurt, not because Challenge called me, but because you called me. I did everything for you, because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream, and I'll always love you for it. But I can't love you obsessively for much longer. This season is all I have left to give. My heart can take the pounding, my mind can handle the grind. But my body knows it's time to say goodbye. And that's okay. I'm ready to let you go. I want you to know now, so we both can savor every moment we have left together. The good and the bad. We have given each other all that we have. And we both know, no matter what I do next, I'll always be that kid. With the rolled up socks, garbage can in the corner, five seconds on the clock, ball in my hands. Five, four, three, two, one. Love you always, Kobe.